Welcome to the Dog Trainers Podcast, a podcast created by dog trainers, for dog trainers, or anyone who's ever fallen in love with man's best friend. Episode 26, Interview with Tommy Davis, Part 1. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dog Trainers Podcast. This is episode 26 and we've got a pretty special surprise for you guys today, but I'm going to leave that for Brent. Uh, before we get started, my name is Mariano, that's Brent, and we want to give a couple shout outs to some more cities that we noticed. You guys have just been giving us so much support. It's insane. I feel like three episodes ago, we were like at a thousand downloads and now we're approaching four. It's, it's crazy how much love and support you guys have given us and we appreciate the hell out of it. And so we want to give shout outs to Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Garner, North Carolina, Santiago in Chile, and Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Thank you guys. You rule. Now, you can find us online, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all by searching Dog Trainers Podcast. All one word, Dog Trainers Podcast. And with that, over to you, my man. Awesome, guys. Welcome back to episode 26, guys. We have an amazing special guest uh, today. You guys might know him because he has the coolest dog training YouTube channel on the internet right now and he's also the owner and founder of upstate canine academy um our boy tommy davis what's up tommy well what's going on guys thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah we're so happy to have you on man uh those of you guys who follow him already you guys might already have this information but you can go ahead and follow him on instagram at upstate canine um, or go ahead and check out his website american canine educator.com um we're super excited to have you on, man, because, uh, you know, we, funny enough, like all the research we've done when we were younger was from our elder dog trainers, right? We are this next generation of dog trainer coming up in the game and hopefully, you know, leaving a good legacy and leaving a good imprint on the field. Um, so we're super excited to have you here so we can talk about, um, you know, some, some stuff that, you know, how you got started. Uh, your business, um, because, you know, we look at you on the internet and, you know, you can't search balanced dog training um, without coming up to your content. So it's an amazing achievement. We're super excited to talk about it. Um, but let's go ahead and just dive into this. Um, if you can, could you share with us a little bit of your journey as a dog trainer? Um, kind of what, what was life like for Tommy Davis before dog training? Yeah. So <clears throat> life for me was, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up in a, you know, my, my parents, I mean, I'll go back to the, to the beginning cause it, it really sculpted, um, my career path now and, and my choice of working with animals. And, um, you know, in the beginning, I, uh, my parents split up when I was like 10 or 11. Uh, so that sucked as it does for most people and most kids. Um, but you know, my, I have a really good relationship with both my parents. It was just, it just didn't work, whatever. So, uh, I spent a lot of time at home by myself with my dogs, uh, taking care of my younger sister. Um, and so the majority of my free time, my mom was a single mom at the time. Um, and you know, still is, but so I spent a lot of time, you know, hanging out with my dogs cause I had to babysit basically. So it was me, my dogs and my sister because, you know, of the circumstances at hand. And so a lot of independence came from that, but a lot of relationship uh, with dogs came from that. But even earlier than that, I, uh, I've always been a dog person. I've always been an animal person. Uh, I've always had like a, just a, a connection with them. I know that that sounds cliche as hell, but it's just, um, it, it, it's not like, and that connection at first didn't necessarily come from passion and love. It was just like, you know, it was just there. It was inevitable for, for things to roll out the way that they did. Um, we have pictures when I was like three years old with puppies, just, I was just, just be just laying on the ground with them and like, 
just messing with them and figuring things out with them. Just like you were, you were a puppy amongst. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Um, you know, and even before that, my parents were both, you know, and that's, you know, they were both on the road all the time and working. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with dogs. They were like, you know, it always reminds me of like the Matilda, uh, yeah. Matilda scenes where, um, you know, she's at home like by herself all the time and mom and dad are working, you know, type thing, right, and, right. um, you know, a little different, but yeah, I was always home with the dogs. I mean, from, from literally day one, when I could walk, I've always, they've always been a part of my life. We have old, like really funny pictures and videos of me rolling around with them and yeah. And then fast forward 10 to 12 years, I, um, you know, same thing. I was, it was I was in the same situation, uh, you know, just staying at home with my dogs and, and, uh, you know, and as I grew up, I always loved dogs just like every other I think a normal human does um and it wasn't until I went to school and I did like a semester for law like law enforcement type thing and Mm -hmm. I just didn't love the idea of I was sitting there and I and I did one semester at a local community college and I've always known that I I was a little outside the box you know I was a little outlandish Mm -hmm. um I was always like the class clown very like eccentric like very obnoxious i guess at a, at an early age just i i relate i relate yeah yeah <laughs> it's like you know but not but not in like a terrible way like i was always the the connector i had friends yeah. of like all aspects i i was friends with like the super super athletic peeps and then the the other peeps and i i really just i love you know and that's one thing too is i really like behavior i really mm-hmm. love human behavior even at a even in high school i would just litter and i'd shit you're not i would just literally study people i would just be like i'm i'm just always wondering where what walks of life do these people come from that makes them do certain things dress a certain way look a certain way you know everything i just mm-hmm. was fascinated by behavior uh, mm-hmm. always and still am people watching is one of my favorite things to do totally and uh yeah and so you know i just didn't like the idea of of somebody capping my creativity of, you know, and once I started going through school and they said, here's the rest of your life, you're going to go to the academy for this amount of time, you're going to do this. And then eventually you can retire when you're 60. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people that can resonate with that. It just, it was, Mm -hmm. it was scary. I was like, I was probably 18, Mm -hmm. you know, cause I waited a little bit till I got into school. Cause I just, when I got out of school, I was just like, free yeah i was free (laughs) but you know and like in school i was a c maybe d student just got by and to be completely Mm. honest with you guys i normally you can even ask like it's my mom it's so funny we still talk about it it's like we really think i the only reason why i graduated is because my relationship with like my my teachers like we just had it we just had a good relationship like i had half of my in my senior year, I had, a, I had half of my, my teacher's phone numbers in my, in my, mm-hmm. in my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like we just, mm-hmm. I just was such a, and I wasn't like a, you know, I wasn't like a brown nose or anything. I just had, I just liked people. I was like, Hey, you know, this stuff, like, I don't really, I don't really care about a lot of this stuff to be honest with you guys, but Hey, I know that's your job to teach me and I'm going to do the best I can to fly by this. And so, you know, for me, C student, D student. And, um, I just, I just was kind of lost, but I knew that there was always something I just had in the back of my mind. I felt this intuition of th- something in it. And it, and, and even today, it's not necessarily dogs. It's just, I knew that I was supposed to be something different than, um, and I don't know how that sounds coming out of my mouth, but it's true. I just, I knew I wasn't good. Like all my other, 
friends were like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I think that that's what I mean by I, the intuition of like, I don't think I'm going to go that path. I don't know why I think that, but, um, and then fast forward, um, I, I, you know, probably fast forward two years. I kind of was like, "Eh, I'm not really going to do school. Um, but I don't know what I want to do. And then, um, I got a, basically long story short, I, I saw this, I was, I'll never forget it. I was standing outside of a local gas station here and this lady pulled, pulled around and this huge St. Bernard's Mm. head was like sticking out the window. Mm. And I mean, not like a average St. Bernard, this thing was huge. And I was like, whoa. Bigger than Beethoven. Yeah. I mean, I was like, whoa, that's huge. You know, just like polarized me. I don't know what it was. You know, I was just like, I want one of those. Like, I just (laughs) want that, you know, um, I have, um, and I had a dog, you know, I always had dogs growing up, of course. And Mm -hmm. the dog that I had, uh, in high school, all of high school, um, as well as into college and even today, she's still around. She's just walking by now, actually. Nice. Um, She knew, she knew you were talking about her. Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I'm out of here. Y'all are talking about me. Um, but um, yeah, so I just was polarized by that dog, and and I remember I was I was at the time again I was like I don't want to say I was I wasn't getting into trouble. I just my mom was frustrated because I wasn't following the normal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, she was like, "You need to graduate." You know, typical thing I think for everybody across the world, not just in the United States. Hey, go out and get an education and then go to college. And I just fought back against that so much. Um, so much, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't think so, mom. I don't think that's the, that's the route for me. I just, you know, I just, there's something. And, and again, I, I still, you know, now I have a clearer image of like what I'm supposed to be doing in life for sure. Mm-hmm. But at that time I was just like, I don't think so, mom. So we always got after it. So I was kicked out of my house. Um, a lot in high school. I was living on friends' couches. I was living in, um, at one point I lived in one of my buddy's backyards until it got too cold to not live there anymore in a tent mm-hmm. with my dogs. Um, I just bounced around, man, just like couch to couch to couch. Um, my friends were my family, still are. Um, my friends' parents were my family. I mean, I remember them really vividly, like giving me lunch money because they knew I didn't have it because I just refused to follow structure. I just, I don't, it's not me. I never have been Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm very, but I will say, you know, my dad taught me a lot of respect. I'm very respectful about not complying to structure. I'm not like, screw that. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I'm just like, I, that's not for me respectfully decline doing these things, you know? And so I was in and out of college or um, in and out of people's houses all the way up until like my first run at college. And, and so, um, I ended up moving back in with my mom. So between like 16 and 19, I was in and out of the house on people's couches and stuff. And I said, Hey mom, I'm going to get a St. Bernard. Is that cool? Nope. Not cool. Not going to happen. Uh, Such a mom answer. Yeah. Right. You know, I said, no, no, no. I really want one. Like I I just, I saw one and I want to get one, you know, and she's being a mom. So she's like, I don't want a dog. I'll never forget this either. There's a lot of like deep and embedded things, uh, that were huge steps in my life. But I remember her saying, I, I don't want a dog that has to back out of a room to get out of a room in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so there I, I hit the road again. You know, I was like, all right, under again, respectfully understand that decision. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. So I remember I said, well, I'm going to get him anyway. Um, so I did, I spent like a ton of money on him. I spent at the time, you know, I was 19. I spent like 
$1,700 on them, you know, and again, you know, fry cook, pizza cook, like, you know, just bouncing around job to job as a teenager does. Um, You got them from puppyhood, right? Yep. I got them as a puppy. I went out to Western New York and got them, came back. I saved up the whole summer to get them. And then once I got them, I was like, all right, mom, just let me chill here for like two weeks till I find a place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, okay, you know, I get it. And of course she was like, oh, he's super cute, but she's being a mom. She's being like, nope. Yep. I said, no. And you literally did exactly what I told you not to do. So I'll let you crash here for a couple of weeks. So I saved up all my money. I got them. And then I saved up all my money to get an apartment. Mm. Um, my own apartment. I usually just, again, it was kind of like at the age where my friends were in college now, 19, 20, they weren't home. Uh, so it wasn't really appropriate for me to stay with them anymore. Right. Um, so I got my own place, spent all my time literally. And here's, I guess where my start really came from is I spent all my time working at Applebee's as a fry cook. Um, and just like busted my butt. And I remember even my manager, uh, of, of the Applebee's, he said, he said to me, he goes, you know, you really, you know, why are you here? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you just, I'm looking behind the line and you just don't fit with, you know, was all, I swear to God, it was like, I was like, I know. I was like, and I was like, right. Like, what am I, you know? And it was just always like this, this, I don't know, man. It was just, and, and, you know, I'm just being as transparent as possible to give you guys like an idea of, of, of where, how I started my, my career. And it was just one of those things. It was like, I don't know. So I was young and I, and I even look, I look young. I look, when I was a kid, I looked like I was 13 until I was like 25, you know, (laughs) you know, late bloomer type thing. Um, How old are you? I'm 31. We're all the same same age. You guys are old. I'm 27. Oh yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Do you just, you just, you know, so, so anyway, so, you know, it's just one of those things like, I don't know, man, you know, I don't know why I'm here either, but I got to support my dog. I got to support my new apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I made this decision. I'm responsible. I take responsibility. Right. So it sucked because now I have this puppy and he lived uh, by himself and I worked all the mm-hmm. time to support him. It was like mm-hmm. counterintuitive. Right. I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. kind of sucks. You know, mm-hmm. so it was really sucky for me to now get this new puppy that I love to death. Like he was my best friend. I'm like, yay, mm-hmm. I'm doing it, you know? Um, took him everywhere with me, you know, at that age, like I said, 1920, those are, those are some fun times to, to be alive mm-hmm. parties mm-hmm. and, um, friends houses and fires and whatever, you know, he was my buddy yeah. Yeah. and took him everywhere. And then, um, you know, and, and there were some times where he had to be in his crate for long periods of time. You know, I was a dumb young dude and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know exercise and he was still a puppy. So, um, I remember I took him everywhere I could cause I felt bad. So I had this mm-hmm. Jetta. I put him, I put him in the, in the Jetta. And, uh, anyway, we went to my buddy's house and, you know, I showed him to everybody cause he was so cute. And this was about five months. He was about five months old. So he was like a medium sized dog at this point, you know, right. he's big right. St. Okay. Bernard. Um, dad was like 220, mom was like 180. Oh. So he was going to be big. Um, and so I pulled up to my buddy's house and I said, Hey man, I got my puppy. And this is like, you know, a family friend of mine that, um, you know, I, I, I'm like I said, my fam, my friends are my family. So I was like, Hey, bring out your, your young brother and sister. I want to show them the puppy. He's like, hell yeah, that's cool. So he, he runs in and grabs him and I come out, I go, look at Saint. His name is Saint. Mm-hmm. I go look at Saint and I opened the door and he was just flopped over this way and his gums were flipped back and they were, <laughs> they were, they were like, see, he was like this. Upside and then, down. and then he was, he, well, he, he ended up just having hypoxic. Like he just died like right oh there. Oh my God. Oh. No. I yeah. thought he was just looking cute. No, oh, man. God. So I, I grabbed him 
and oh yeah, I grabbed him and like his gums were purple. So like he was flipped mm -hmm. back like weird, you know, like a dog wouldn't f do that. Right. Like, you know, like yeah. flipped. Oh, so did he like flop out of the car? Like if he was no, he he flopped in the in the on the on the ground like on, oh, like, like on the, the, the bottom of the floorboard. Not yeah, on the, the floorboard, and his Got back it. was like hunched over like the middle thing. Oh, I see what and you're saying. Yeah, and his his gums were flipped open, and they were blue, like gray blue. Oh so I'm like, uh, and they're like, and I grab him and I get him out and I just lay him on the ground and he's just like kind of twitching, and I was like. Trauma. I mean, still traumatizing, as you can imagine. Right. My yeah. whole life has been right caring for this dog. Yeah, for for like my whole life has been like going against the grain. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get this dog. I'm gonna prove to everybody, like you know. And I love him. He's my best friend. I've been busting my ass. I feel really bad that I don't get to hang out with him a lot because I have an apartment. Right. He dies. I get him out of the car. Put him on the ground. The dad comes out. He's like, oh, where's this puppy? I'm like, uh, he's dead. And he's like, he starts laughing. And I'm like, no, he's dead. I don't. Yeah. And I'm freaking, right? I'd right. never forget it. It was just traumatic. So it just sucks, man. Just a really, really sucky thing. Um, and so I loaded. And there was, luckily, there was an emergency vet down the road, probably five miles at the end of the, the town. Okay. I loaded him in. I, my buddy gets in. And I go just like you know i'm going 100 i'm running red lights i'm swerving my buddy sitting there like holding on for your <laughs> life and i'm telling him i'm like i'm like is he is he is he breathing is you know just like what's going on is he breathing give me an update yeah, yeah. Give me an update. he's like i don't know you know and i'm just freaking out and then his parents ended up calling the vet and they're like hey i called him they know you're on your way blah 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 i get there i give him hand him over he's dead so yeah. um yeah so you know that's what really started like after that i was depressed I mean, at 19, 20 years old, I was depressed. I was like, okay, you know, and, and for me guys, like hindsight macro level is like, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And at yeah. that time I couldn't, I couldn't grasp that. I couldn't right, believe right. that. No, 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 no. Why does God hate me? Why would he take away the only thing that I have? You know? So it was traumatic. It was, I was crying for days. Um, not only just did my dog die at five, six months, but he died traumatically in my back seat. And at the time, like hindsight in the, he was trying to get up front to me. And I remember keep pushing him back, pushing him back. So something was going on. Um, and they don't know if it was like cardiac arrest or whatever, but I didn't mm -hmm. want them to like do an autopsy on my puppy. I was like, no, mm. he's gone. Like whatever. So, um, fast forward a couple months, you know, I was on, I was, I was me and my, I have a brother too. Um, and me and my brother were, were chilling. And he was just like, you know, kind of, cause he's, he's, he's five years older than me. So he was like already in college doing his thing. Uh -huh. He said, like, what do you want to do, man? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, what do you like? I was like, I really like dogs. I mean, that's my passion. I mean, cause I remember the question again, vividly, he's like, what would you want to do? What would you be excited about waking up every day and doing, you know, cause he was already in the college gig. So he's already signed, signed his name off. You know, he was already right. gone. Right. So I said, I'd really like to work with dogs. I said, that's my, my passion, you know, Saint died, um, traumatically. I want to, I want to like, I want to like give back as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And so I started a dog walking business because I remember thinking, how can I start a business that would, um, 
kind of give back to saints memory, if you will, like, you know, as much right. as I can. And so I started a dog walking business because I, I was like, you know, if I had a dog walking business, or if I, if I knew that there was dog walking businesses around, I would have hired a person to come let him out. Cause now there's all this guilt, right? Like there's this right. dog, he, he, he literally laid in the garage or in the crate his whole life. And then he died. I mean, what a piece of crap I am. So, mm-hmm. you know, it sucked. It was really traumatic. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I started my business, um, with nothing. I mean, I have told this story a couple of times, but you know, everybody made fun of me except like two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad supported me. My mom was like, this is a terrible idea. You're not going to get paid to pick up dog poop. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so just not a lot of support. All my friends were like, you know, 20, 19, they were going to college partying, and I'm sitting here trying to start a business. Right. And this was, this was 13 years ago now. Um, and I was like, no, I, I really like want to do this. And, um, it was a struggle and fast forward. I mean, five years of my life of just like, I literally, um, like basically lived off of peanut. We have a local place called Stewart's around here. It's like a co- It's like a coffee shop gas station. And uh-huh. I literally lived off like peanut butter sandwiches from Stewart's and like a little coffee. And I had a car at the time that couldn't go on the North way. couldn't go on like the interstate cause it, it would shake so bad, fall oh. apart. Oh, so I, I'd have to take back roads to all my clients for like forever until I can afford a vehicle. Um, so anyway, so that's like the skinny of how I started working with dogs. Um, and, uh, you know, just like it was crazy. Hey, can, can I say this from the jump? So here's something, and, and I'm mentioning this because I think that this is important for other people to keep in mind and I'll explain why at the end of this. Okay. So, and, and hear me out clearly. I've always liked your, your channel and everything, you know? I, I always was a fan and we we're talking years before me and Brent ever even talked about doing a podcast and all that. Thank you. But, but when you, when we all spoke in person, you know, for those who don't know, we, we all kind of got together first, like, I don't know, it's been a couple weeks or so now. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, I get it. Uh, now I like, I already liked everything, but now I'm like, okay, that's why he's so big. Thank it you, was, man. It was because, and I'm not trying to like blow smoke up here. I'm just, you know, again, there's a point to this. And it was just because. I see not only the genuine passion, and I also kind of owe you an apology in a sense, because part of me was like, I can see why you're successful. I get it. But like, fuck, man, that that's kind of nice. Like, you you know, the oldest video I ever saw was like, not 13 years old. And I was like, man, damn, he blew up quick. Like, mm-hmm. part of me was kind of like, you're definitely deserve it, but also you're lucky. But now that I get the full story of like, you've been trying to run businesses for like 13, 14 years, that shit is a grind. And for anybody, especially people like, you know, who, because my girlfriend's in college, I didn't do much college, I did college in high school, and then I went straight to the Air Force. And you know, and that was that. Um, I got the same thing as you. Actually, somebody just asked me just the other day, like, bro, why don't you just stay in for 20 years and just be done? You know, (laughs) it was like just the other day. And nobody ever asked me that ever, you know, and and I was like, you know, I just didn't want to i liked it I, and i was actually an mp so i was a cop uh, in the air force but um but you know it's not easy trying to build a business and there's so many lessons you have to learn and there's so many like humbling moments and and the fact that it's taken this long and that and that you were consistent with the grind and my point was this the whole reason i bring this up is to say people who are listening people who know of tommy davis people who don't know of tommy davis younger dog trainers the shit is not easy and if it's if it's taking a while, stick it out, work on it, 
don't be ashamed. There's no shame in your game, bro. I had a fucking car. I have a car like that right now. That bitch overheats. I, I live in I live in Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. And it was like, a, it's going to be 115 tomorrow. And my car is not happy to do that. And like, you know, but the point is, it's all a means to an end, right? I moved here not too long ago. I'm from LA myself. But if you can just kind of grind it out, have no shame in your game, know what you're worth, because I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed this too, Tommy, that people like you and me that have kind of bounced around from place to place. Cause Brent stayed at one kennel like for a long, long time, which is also good. That was my college. Yeah. Yeah. But people who, <laughs> who bounced around as a young trainer, I have had it before to where I let my circumstances outside of dog training kind of hinder my, my like belief of myself as a dog trainer, you know, like I'll pull up to a nice house in LA with kind of like a, like a beater car. And I feel like I look like shit. Even though I know what I'm doing, I'm a good dog trainer. I'm a solid choice, you know, at the time, you know, so, but, but it would still kind of shake my ego a little bit. And maybe I would sure. miss that sale where now with like a totally normal functioning car, I drive it like a truck these days, you know, that's, you know, that it's like, I just don't, maybe too, cause I'm older. I just don't have that issue anymore. I'm like, no man, you know, if you don't, you know, if you're doing really well in life, that's amazing. But I'll tell you what, I can train the shit out of that dog. So, you know, I think a lot of young dog trainers learn how to stick it out don't tie your expertise and your confidence to something that doesn't matter like that because all this stuff is temporary you know now i saw you in that in that mean ass truck my girlfriend and i were talking about that interior of the truck you know like but it's just <laughs> but it's just a function of, of grinding it out you know it, and and that's that's super cool by the way shout out to my girlfriend she loves you because you guys share the last name davis cool. um <laughs> but anyway sorry continue i just i just wanted uh, to apologize I, because I, I you've been grinding to, for a long time yeah i wanted to highlight something like the grind you know the pursuit for monetary and all that stuff means nothing if there's no intrinsic drive right and that story bro like got me teary-eyed dude I, this is the first time i got teary-eyed on a podcast like, <laughs> like yeah that shit got me teary-eyed bro I have a, I have my own story. I'll tell you in private one day hopefully we can grab some beers when you're on the west coast or i go to the east coast but oh yeah that that wanting to help something and feeling yeah. you couldn't help it. Yeah. That's, that's what drives me, bro. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 you know, my whole career was based off of passion. Like right. even, even today, like, like I have a staff because I don't charge people. Like they literally walk out of my facility and my manager's like, did you charge them? I'm like, forgot, like, don't care. Right. Honestly, you know, right. like yeah. I just, it, it's it, man. It's like, you know, and, and, um, and, and, and not only just like in the dog world, it's just like the amount of, I mean, I, I could, we could all talk for the shit that we went through, but like, you know, right. the stuff I had to sleep in, you know, I, I had to do just not, I just couldn't give up. I'm like, this is something's bigger, something's bigger, something's right. bigger. And that was my gut. Even when I was in high school, like walking through the halls, I'm like, this is cute. Like, this isn't, you know, whatever I knew, right. like, I wish, you know, and that's, that's life though. I mean, I wish I started working with dogs way before that, but you know, I think, yeah. So yeah, I struggled really hard, um, mm -hmm. really hard. There were so, 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 so many hundreds of times where I wanted to give up. And then I was like, but if I give up, then, you know, Roscoe won't get walked or right. Bailey won't get out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you were there for the dogs. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to be there for the dogs. You know, what's funny though, is you were there for, you were there for yourself too, because a lot of times when we talk about trying to build a business or just trying to get through life in general, because again, I, I, I think our stories are like way more similar than I would have guessed anyway. And, you know, I won't get into all that, you know, but I think that the ability when it comes to building a, a business, 
ultimately what it shakes down to is just be relentless and 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 don't don't look backwards that much to where you're stuck because analysis paralysis is super real and i think that it's so important because with you being as big a person as you are like in the dog training world i just want to remind everybody because i've made this mistake a lot personally when i talk to someone like bigger you know someone very popular is don't feel like it's unattainable don't feel like it's something special like you you are very smart very capable you totally deserve all of it and i and i applaud you for that but like but it's nothing it's nothing that other people can't also do and i just want other trainers to keep that in mind yeah, you know definitely. just put your head down and fucking do some work and it's and there it is and grind yeah. yeah yeah and i think it's you know there's like the business that you know that that surrounds the work that i've done and the passion that wakes me up in the morning um in itself like running a business in itself is hard as hell like starting right 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 I think it's like what like one percent of businesses actually survive yeah survive. survive yeah it's something like two yeah. percent but yeah it's crazy crazy yeah. and so like don't you know if if anybody out there is listening and and i do get a lot of messages about um you know like hey man how'd you start or whatever it's like i started from shit like from nothing nobody right. believed in me everybody mm -hmm. laughed at me when I'm, i'll never forget handing my friends my business card i'm so stoked i'm like look tom davis like adirondack animal service like this is great mm -hmm. like i'm insured and everything guys like i got my own logo that i made I'm on legit. like yeah. yeah like clip art you know like yeah <laughs> and just like you know the laughs they're like yeah dude you're ridiculous like stop like stop we don't want to hear about this anymore and i'm like okay right. whatever cool but i just knew yeah so like if you believe in you have to believe in yourself because nobody is going nobody is going to believe in you and you and, and one thing i've learned for sure for sure for sure is you can't get big in your backyard so right. that's True. huge that like for me like like my mom until last year my mom was asking me when i was going to go back to college like no shit last year. Yeah. <laughs> no she's shit. Like, she's like you're okay. like mom do you get it <laughs> you don't get it yet mom? it's hard you know people just don't yeah. understand don't understand I told my mom, my mom's uh, late sixties, almost 70. And I said, Oh mom, my podcast is doing really great. And she goes, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, my mom I hasn't do. listened to, my mom probably doesn't know what the name of our podcast is, but it, it's, <laughs> but it, it's yeah. all good. You know, like I, I hear what you're saying. I think that it's, it's important to know that you just have to have belief in yourself, you know, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Please continue. Um, yeah, no, anyways, I'm, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I wanted to, I wanted to prompt the next question because you were talking about, um, the pursuit and we got to this point in the story where it's like, and then I started my own business and then the inspiration for dog training is there. Who were the people who influenced you that said like, I want to train? Like, yeah. I, like who did that? Yeah. So the transition, I think, um, the important thing and, and the question I get a lot of times is what was the transition from dog walking to training? Cause I know that there's a lot of right, dog walkers right. that have personally messaged me and said, Hey, you've inspired me to become a trainer. I want to know your transition, how you transitioned. What was the, mm -hmm. what was the call? Good what question. was the email? Um, what was that transition? Cause I think right. that, that, that lends each other. They're very close. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, working, working. So all of the dogs that I worked with, um, could not go to daycares. They were mean, they were, right, aggressive, right, right. they were nasty to each other, which is how I found out about tools, which is another mm -hmm. story. You know, mm -hmm. the, the organic, um, tool usage that I use was, was collected off of the data of 30 dogs a day for six years, Monday mm -hmm. through Sunday of like, mm -hmm. this works, this doesn't politics. Mm -hmm. What, you know, like, yeah. right, right, right. Do with, like, I'm, right. I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm, to get yeah. these dogs not to pull me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, oh, and, yeah. And by the way, like by, by 22, my back was messed up because of the mm. amount of dogs that weren't under control. So that's, that's a different mm. story about organic, you know, even, even the, the, the companies that I work with now, 
started with me regardless of if they know or not you know so anyway mm, so the transition was really like i was the dog guy i was walking you know like the pictures you guys see all over like you know every every town has that dog person i think yeah or right, something right. like that like you see the guy walking with you know x amount of dogs and yeah, yeah, yeah. i was that guy um and so i remember just this one call about Zena. the dog's name is Zena, and um they said, Hey, I know you don't really offer training, but is this something you can help me with? <clears throat> and, uh, it was that one call. I was like, you know, and I was being, and I was very, 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 very like insecure about it. I said, I'm not a trainer. Like I can't, like I'm, I, I don't train, but I'm sure I can help you. So here's, here's how my career began, began with behavior. She's like, well, it's not really training. Um, right. she's just doing these weird things. And I was like, weird things. What do you mean? Well, she's, you know, she's, she's cowering when X, Y, and Z comes in or she's doing, so it was behavioral. I said, Oh yeah, definitely. I said, and I said, let me come over for a day and I won't charge you anything and I'll just watch and see what, and I told her and she, she goes, you, and, and again, like I want to be transparent because I think that it's valuable. Mm -hmm. And so she said the, what you, she goes, I just hired two other trainers that both have accumulation of over 30 years of experience together. And Mm -hmm. the information that you just provided was more informative and made more sense than both of those other trainers. Mm. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't yeah. know. What <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, well I'm still not a trainer. So like, I was, and I just said, I said, you know, you should just try doing these things instead. And that's where it clicked. So then, so then that one phone call led to another and then another. And then pretty soon I remember calling my dad and I was pacing and I'm like walking around the, you know, walking I'm like, dad, these people keep calling me about training, but I don't know what to tell them because I'm not a trainer. <laughs> and I said, but I said, but I didn't know anything about training. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't care about yeah, it. I just, yeah, like, yeah. I thought what I was doing was, was kind of training, you know, it was all, right. so it was all behavior, it was all relationships. So it was very organic. So I said, but dad, there's a loophole. I said, I'm not really training them. I'm just teaching them how to like, ha- how to have a better life with their dog. Right. So, <laughs> That's like, different than dog training, right? Right. So I'm not not sit, not stay, not come. I'm just like, and my dad's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 kind of educating them. You're educating them, right? And I'm like, yeah, like that's all I'm doing is I'm consulting, right? So I'm consulting. I'm consulting, right? So that's so. First of all, I'll I'll talk about the America's Canine Educator brand because I know I I personally think that you know I'm self conscious about that sometimes, but right. um, that's kind of how like things started rolling as I was like, okay, I'm an educator. So when people would call and email and say, Hey, I'm not a dog trainer. Just so you know, I'm not going to teach your dog. Um, I can help with the basics, but it's not my thing. I'm going to help you with these problems that you're the behavioral problems. And Mm -hmm. I did, again, I've never watched a dog trainer. I've never seen a dog training session in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything. I just knew that I was, I had, I had insane. And I mean, I'm, I had insane instincts. Like Mm -hmm. I I will admit that like my instincts were, right on. Right. And so that's where it started for me. Right. Um, I would, I would actually go say like those instincts you learned from the time you were. Mm-hmm. A kid, yeah. Yeah. Right? You exactly. know, like, like as much as, as like people always ask like, Oh, Brent, you have a gift. And I'm right. like, this isn't a gift. Like I worked on a ranch. I had a bunch of dogs, but then I worked on a ranch from age 12 to 17 mm-hmm. and horses try to kick your ass. You know, yeah. sheep will try and goats will try and ram you. Like you learn to pay attention to Definitely. shit and it just becomes another language that you've learned. You know what? So too, I think that's the beautiful part. Yeah. It's funny too, because I think that the, you know, one thing that you were talking about that I, I really resonate with too, is like when you learn how to read people, 
I don't know if it's a function because my parents divorced young too. I don't know if it's a function of just kind of being two different kids, like when you're at mom's house versus dad's house mm-hmm. and you, you notice that they want different things out of you or whatever the case, because my parents divorced and my dad lived in Mexico. So I'm like back and forth from California to Mexico. So wow. like the world is different, different, you know? Yeah. And, um, and at that time, Mexico is not what it is today. Like it's, it was still like pretty third world, even like 10, 15 years ago. So I think you learn then how to read the other people because you're like, you know, like I get that and I'm, I'm one of you and everything, but like, I'm not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then after being in Mexico for three months, code switching, code switching. Yeah. But, but it's funny thing is like, you're always behind, you know, I would, I would live my life in California. I always went to school in America, but back in the day, I remember tracks for school. So they'd be like a track, B track, and then you'd be off for like a few mm-hmm. months. So mm-hmm. I'd go to Mexico for like a few months at a time. And when you get there, I am an American ass kid who has to readjust. I know my Spanish, but beyond that, my mannerism and all that stuff just doesn't fit. And then by the time three months are up, I go back home and I am like a full on Mexican kid. Like, again, <laughs> I, I, I have to, I'm always behind. I have to relearn. And by the time I learn, I'm back, you know? And so it was like, you, you learn the insights. I think one of my favorite personal traits in myself as a dog trainer today, I'm, I'm confident and happy with my dog knowledge. I'm very confident and happy with my like technique and all that, you know, especially today because I, I, I still make it a huge point to learn and continue to grow. But I think I've always had that knack of reading people. And like when you right. read the right. dog's behavior, my favorite thing is like, okay, the dog did X. What was the person's response to the dog doing X? And that let's call that Y. And then like, you know, and then we'll kind of, we'll throw layers onto things. And I'm like, ah, so based on the dog doing this, and then you responding to that, I can see the bottleneck right there. And then you start diving in from there and then the obedience comes after. Right. Correct. Right, right, right. No, I love that, man. That's a, that's a cool transition into, uh, or for Tommy, that was a cool transition into, uh, into dog training. So, so, okay. So you, so behavior started becoming kind of a yeah. your focus. Like I, I'm a behavior specialist. Like I, I can yeah. teach you how to manipulate behavior, but not necessarily through the platform of obedience. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. so, so like, who were some mentors? Who were some people you looked up to? Yeah, who were so, some people that you pulled from? So let me, I want to, I want to tell this story because it leads into this. Um, okay. and it's, it's very organic and, and like it really, I think for me, it's like, I want, I want at least you guys to know this story. Yeah. If, yeah. if other people are listening, great. But I, um, I, I was on a walk with my, so, so fast forward, right? Okay. All that happened with my dog. I started doing some dog training on the side, but I was still a dog walker. It wasn't because mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I was charging like 20 bucks a session for dog training. I just, mm-hmm. right, right. I, mm-hmm. I felt insecure about it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not charging you. I'm not a dog trainer. I don't know. Cause I see these other places with, um, buildings and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, I tried, I tried locally. I tried to reach out to local people walking in. I said, Hey, my name's Tom. I'm a dog walker get a lot of people interested in training. I'm trying to help them out. Is there any way I can like watch? Cause I feel self-conscious. I'm not good. I don't feel mm. like I'm good enough. I was like, I want to know more about things, vocabulary leashes. I want to know more. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with that type of stuff. Of like, if I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm into something, I'm all in, but yes, if, right, if right, I'm right. not, I'm not, I could care less. Mm. So, uh, nobody would work with me. They're like, nope, young kid. I've seen you on a billboard before. I've seen the paper. Like, nope, not going to work with you. Like, oh, okay, whatever. I think that that's just how how it was, how it is. You know, it's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. they're not accepting to new things. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's maybe they didn't have time. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. care either, but couldn't get in. So I remember uh, I, got in, I got another St. Bernard. Um, uh, his name is Thompson. He's still alive as well. He's 11 years old. Okay. Yep. And uh, he's around here too. And uh, so I remember I was on a walk. And, uh, I was at there on the walk. I brought my, I bought my, um, isn't that a crazy story? I got my, um, 
my client's dog in the left, which the dog's name is Atra. It was uh, Latin for shadow. Apparently it was an yeah. Australian shepherd. And then there's this train track you go over to get to the trail. So mm-hmm. my dog is off leash cause he's, you know, it's just how I, I never put leashes on my own personal dogs ever. They were always mm-hmm. just free range, if you will. And, you know, I, I was in, it was irresponsible. Like they would run away and I'd say, come and they maybe come back. Maybe they wouldn't. Right. And you'd but, find them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or they'd come back the next day and I'd be like, yeah, right. like very, right, right. <laughs> very like, you know, figure it out. But also yeah. like, I don't care. You're an animal. I respect that too. So go play mm-hmm. in the, the mud for two days and come back when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I, I, I walked over the train tracks with Atra. Uh, this is in the summer. I had sandals on. I look to my right. I'm like, Thompson, let's go. And he's he's in the middle of the train tracks. And he was mm, probably two at the time, young-ish. Mm. And I remember he looks at me, and he play bows me. Oh, and no. I'm like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Don't no, do no. that. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. <laughs> so I look at him, and I look to my left, and I see this big light. This big light. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. And then it's like, whamp. okay we're not doing this either i'm like this is not happening right so i look at otra and he's like the hell so i go you know and i grip my teeth i go let's go and he just runs he just sprints on the track because the track's big it's like a commercial Mm -hmm. train Mm -hmm. track big so i kind of blacked out but so here i am I have my sandals on. I have my client's dog. I don't want to let my client's dog go because I'm I'm, I'm next to a busy road as well. Right. Um, Never in my wildest dreams could I have put this scenario together ever, you know, not even in hell. Not even in a movie script. Mm -mm. So, (laughs) so in the train tracks, there's these big planks, right? They're like Mm -hmm. probably a foot like this. Mm -hmm. And then there's these huge boulders in between these rocks. So I just start running. So I'm running on this train track, right? After Thompson and my, he's this two-year-old St. Bernard. So he's not slow and I'm chasing him and I got the dog and the, the way the train tracks are, they're, they're built up on, on like a beat, like on a, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. on a ridge yeah. like this. So it's yeah, not yeah, flat. Yeah. 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 So he's on the side, Atra and I'm running and then I can just hear this train <laughs> getting closer and I can hear in the back of my head like this. And I'm like, Oh, so I'm chasing my dog, right? And I'll never I turn around and I can see this light super close. No. And I and that's where I kind of blacked out. No. I, I had two decisions to make, right? I either um. watch my new St. Bernard get pulverized by this train, right? Or I risk my own life and his life. And right. so I jumped, took him, barrel rolled off, kicked off the brim, and I had Otcher here freaking out. And right. Thompson, because I'm gripping him as tight as I can, is trying to bite me because I'm death gripping his his haunches. Right? Yeah, you don't want to let him go. He'll go don't back to the let train. Him go because there's this train six yeah. inches in front of my face. It was like a freaking movie. I can't yeah. make this shit yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. So I stop, and I'm and I'm like, I swear it is like you know, there's there's some things that happen during your life as a human that you will never forget. Right. And some of the things that you do is so prim- primal and instinctual that you're like, why am mm-hmm. I even doing this? And I'm looking at my legs. I'm making sure that I still have everything. Right, Swear. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's scary to even think about that my brain thought to do that, but it was right. like a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking at my feet and I'm looking at my legs and I'm no blood. I'm, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, so very traumatic. My heart is boom, pounding out of my chest. Right. Wow. So this train is, but the, the whole time the train was trying to stop because it was going. So it's screeching. So it's loud mm. as hell. 
So eventually I get up, I take both dogs. I can't breathe. I'm literally still in awe looking at myself. And I remember, I remember walking back to the house and, this, and, and I hear, Hey, 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 Hey. And I turn around, it's two guys with clipboards and they must've been the drivers of the train or conductors. And I said, and they said, are you okay? And I'm like, looking. I'm still in awe. I'm like, I don't know. Right. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. And they're like, okay, well, just so you know, we have a cow pusher in the front of our train and you have about six inches from the time that we can't see anything in front of that cow pusher Yeah, yeah. before it hits the thing that's in front of us. And yeah. you were in that inches. No. And you just got really lucky. And I was like, yeah, add it, add it to the list. I'm like, I don't, wow. I'm like, or I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, thank you guys for stopping. It was bad. Like super close to dying, like super wow. close. And, and I always thought like, how could anybody hit by a train? The hell right. it's a train. Right. 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 Get out of the way. Get out of dude, the way. Dude, it it Holy so shit. so that happened. So so I, I wanna I wanna explain like this is how I got into dog training. So mm. and this is how I got into remote collars. Mm. So then I I Googled um off-leash dog training in my area. And I ended up finding this lady. her name is Janine Lazarus. She's based mm. in West Virginia. Her name her her dog training company is called Good Lad Dog Training. She's from, okay. Eng she's from England, so right. good lad dog training. Good lad, good lad. Yeah. Yep. So she was actually a remote collar trainer in Saratoga Springs, where I'm from, in New York. And I just reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm a dog walker. Um, my dog almost just killed me. Uh, mm -hmm. She thought that was hilarious because she mm -hmm. just did. You know, <laughs> she's funny like that. It's funny because uh, it worked out. That's why it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I have my legs. Because you so. have both your legs. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so that's how, that's how I got into it, man. As I just said, can you please, I was like, I'd be more than happy to shadow you to, you know, and so she, so she had Dogtra, right? This was many, 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 many years ago. Mm -hmm. okay. And she goes, I want to show you something. So she introduced, she goes, first of all, your dog's 150 pounds. You should never be walking him on a flat collar. Right. I said, you're right. He's a pain in the ass. He doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> he, he won't stop, you know, he won't stop pulling, which is why I never really put him on a leash. Right. right. So. Right. So then she says, well, here's a prong collar. I said, oh, sweet. This thing's awesome, right? Yeah. And she goes, and then because of that train thing, let's talk about remote collars. I said, what is it? She goes, it's just an ability to communicate off leash. And I said, wow, this is great. So that's really, really, really. And shout out wow. to Janine because she was the person who started my whole career in dog training for sure. Whoa. Yeah. So you can find her on Instagram. She's super cool. She's funny. She's not like super tech savvy, um, mm -hmm. but she's awesome. And what's her still, Instagram for the audience? I think, it's, I think it's at good lad dog training. If you just search good lad dog training, her name Amazing. is Janine. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, fast forward. Right. And I thought it was fascinating because here's, here's me as a dog professional for like five years. And then here's this English lady who, you know, is by herself. She doesn't, she's not married. She doesn't really, she's just is doing her thing. Right. 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 She's killing it. And so I then thought it was fascinating. So, Hey, I really want to learn more about this e-collar thing. This is awesome. Like, this is so cool. I'm like, my clients would benefit from this like crazy and the prong collar. I knew my clients had it, but like now I know about it. Now I know how it works. Mm -hmm. And so Janine trained. She was a head trainer at the Monks and New Skeet for many, many no years. Oh shit. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So with Brother Christopher and the way yeah. that they introduced the e-collar on the contrary of, and I, you know, and I get crap for it all the time because it's mm -hmm. just different, mm -hmm. is they introduce it very, very subtly. They use low, mm -hmm. low level stimulation as an mm -hmm. introduction communication. They never put it on a corrected dog ever. I mean, right. unless, you know, certain circumstances, but, um, and so 
So anyway, so that's how I, so I shadowed and shadowed and shadowed and shadowed and just watched. I just was her shadow. I mean, I just watched everything that she did, consultations, training, awfully stuff. She taught me how to train my own dog. And then, you know, the, the dog to relationship was, was, was founded this year, you know, between our partnership, wow. but um, <laughs> it started way, but it's very organic. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, man. So that's really to answer your question. And I, I don't like to say, oh, well, because that story is, is organic and it's real and it's authentic. And I like to tell yeah. that story, even though it's long winded, but I want, I want you guys to understand that it wasn't just like, I really like dogs. I'd really like to train them because right. I think they're cute. Right. right. I was right. forced and pushed into these right. things. And I right. think, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. For sure. And the world and the, and the way that it worked, it just lined me up that way. So that's where I started. You know, I think Amazing. it's awesome because I happen to believe a lot of that same sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and, and I don't stem too far into that because this is like a dog training podcast, you know, people, <laughs> but, but let's I, talk I, about the meaning of life. People. No, <laughs> you know, because well, I also, crack, I'll crack a beer now and I'm down, <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but no, but, but I, I just, <laughs> episode 27 beers with Tommy. But yeah. again, you know, like I, I, I try really hard, like as we listen to, you know, to our guests and everything to like, to the story has so much value in and of itself. And, and I just try to think like, how can we, how can we kind of give the little snippet to the listener as to like what we took from it? Cause a lot of times that's, you know, that's an, that's a thing. I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener myself, you know, it's like all other kinds of podcasts, dog training or not. Mm -hmm. And even hearing what someone else took from the story can be valuable, like the story itself, yeah. you know? And so what I love about it is, you know, you were kind of pushed into this whole thing, you know, and, and, and it was all just kind of meant to be. But at the same time, you kept pulling at yeah. the same time. Because I've met so many people in so many walks of life where it's like everything lined up for you, too. You just didn't do it. And, you know, and, and it's a shame. And and the, the thing is, it could be for a lot of the reasons that you said that we've all experienced. Like, I didn't feel like I was good enough. I was embarrassed. I was whatever. Uh, and we all feel that way. Everybody feels that way. Michael Ellis, Tyler Muto, Tommy Davis. Like, you know, everybody's been there. The key is drive through it and just go it's all right to suck everybody sucks but you know like i've had that so many times just myself as a boxer as a whatever like you lose sometimes it's all good you know it's just a matter of are you willing to keep pushing i love the l's love them like like when you when you do something and you lose it's it's good it's a huge you, yeah you have two options you take it you learn from it or you say okay now i suck yeah those are those are your options let me ask yeah. you this so so to move on a little bit Speaking of else, because this kind of thing is, is really hard for a ton of people, even today. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your start with YouTube. Okay. Because I, you know, I haven't seen some of the, or maybe I have, I don't know. I like, it's hard when you're watching YouTube videos, cause it'll recommend you stuff from like two months ago to like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. So how was the start? Was it clunky? Were you unsure about how to shoot things? Was it different Dude. than it is today? Dude, so bad. <laughs> here, here's, here's like, like my youtube okay yes absolutely dude like i i like yes 100% it was bad it was really bad i had no help i didn't know see and that's the thing is like i didn't know anybody on youtube i didn't know any dog trainers filming anything i didn't know anything like nothing the only thing that and i told michael this when i had him on my podcast a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. is janine the girl i was talking about mm -hmm. i said janine this is great, um, but I need more. I need more content. I need more, 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 more. I'm sitting at night, like, okay. like I was like a bookworm, and she's like, "Look up Michael Ellis." 
Ah. I said, okay. And from there, I remember there's one video he did with with, um, with Learberg. Uh-huh. No, no, yeah, well, yeah, that story's that story's interesting, but not that one. But he he was working with this client, and um, it just kind of changed things for me because there there was this dog jumping on his client like this, and she looked at Michael and she said, "Should I correct him?" He goes, "Hell yeah, correct him! He's yeah, jumping yeah, in your right, face." Right, right. Remember that the older and, lady? I remember yeah, that and I was like, that that's a dog trainer. That's I can. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Right. And mm-hmm. and so so yeah so YouTube for me, um, you know, I started watching content, but that's I guess I'm I'm connecting those two because. I didn't know any, I didn't know anything other than Learberg. Sure, sure, sure. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. as I got into like, as Janine said, watch Michael Ellis. And then I got into Learberg. And then of course I, I, you know, met my really close friend, um, Forrest, Mickey and, um, through, through Learberg. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I've gone out to Learberg and hang out with, with the Learberg gang and, and, and Ed and Cindy and everything. But, awesome. you know, it's, <clears throat> for me, it was like, I, I, that didn't inspire me to do YouTube at all. I just, I was able to see other trainers for the first time in my whole life mm-hmm. because nobody around me would let me shadow. And the mm-hmm. only person that, you know, I could shadow was Janine and she was like all over the place from Vermont to New York. And it wasn't, it wasn't efficient, you know, so I right. wanted more. And so that wasn't really the inspiration behind YouTube, but, uh, YouTube for me was when I started, when I got my first facility, mm. I don't know, five years ago, five and a half, six years ago ish. Um, when I got my first facility, it was like a piece of crap warehouse on a top floor. That's um, upstate, right? Upstate? Yeah. No, yeah, oh. that was upstate canine, like OG, like first. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the, the first, not the one that we're in now. One, 1.0, 1.0. Yes, the first yeah. upstate canine. And, um, and yeah, so when I started, uh, that is when I started filming stuff because I said, you know, I was like, I think people would benefit from watching some of the stuff that I'm doing. Here's the thing is when I, when I was, when I had people crying, like in my sessions, like human, like mm-hmm. train, um, um, dog owners were like crying. They're like, this is so amazing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well I want to help other people do this. How, and, and it, it's always been for me always, how do I reach as how do I help as many dog owners? Always. That's like right. my mission statement. How do I expand? If I can help one person, like if I can film something and help one person, change their relationship with their dog, save a dog's life, whatever, I will do it. If there's a hundred people telling me I'm the worst thing that's ever happened since sliced bread, but there's one person that says you've changed my life with my dog. It's worth it. I'm going to do it every time. I don't care what those haters say. I'm going to do it. So for me, that's where it happened. As I set up a tripod and a really crappy kit lens from a Nikon in the corner with no audio. And I just started recording. I just started pushing stuff out. And that's, that's how I started. Okay. Yeah, because, because today it's it's something completely different, you know. If you've got like yeah. some production quality that's like in, yeah. like intimidating, frankly, you know, and I'm like, well shit, it looks really good. Like yeah. how how do you really, you know, how do you match that? How do you how do you know, but but again, it, it's it is humbling and it is grounding to see like everybody starts somewhere, you know. And, Definitely. And that's why Definitely. I ask. And and I was also going to ask about building the kennel, but you know, you kind of got into that a little bit. So the first one was about 5 years ago, and that's good to know too. Um what I, yeah. you know, and what we want to get into a little bit as well is, sure. like we talked about, you know, in our initial kind of meet, you know, and again, this was kind of that moment that I had where I was like, oh shit, Tommy Davis is like, like legit, like this is dope. Like I, I, I've always liked you, but like, oh, I like you, you know, like this is super cool was, thank you was, um, you were talking a lot about, and I found this very real. Okay. And, and I apologize if this isn't something you want to talk about, but you were talking about like, you know when you put so much stuff online and you're such a big person, like I am on YouTube with dog training, 
you catch a lot of hate from from quote unquote you know YouTube experts because God knows there's a million of them you know and 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 like people everybody has their little opinion of what you should do about this and that but you were like you know I just kind of lately because of that I just kind of keep my circle small put my head down and just put out this this yeah. work and I was like you know I can appreciate that because you kind of stay in the lane of what you do you were telling you make no apology nor should you about like look man training I can do it but behavior is my thing. That's what I like. That's what I do. And I can appreciate that. You know, you're, you're, you're self-aware enough to like specialize in that kind of thing. So I just wanted to ask you about like, now that you've become this huge online presence for dog training, what tips would you have for maybe up and coming trainers who are trying to put out content? Because obviously, you know, more than anybody, maybe how beneficial and almost how vital it is in today's day and age. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a good question. I, I would just tell anybody to, to be authentic. Okay. Like, don't, don't try to like, I get all the time, you know, people are like, Hey man, what do you use? What equipment do you use? What do you use this? And that's fine. That's yeah. totally cool. But like, yeah. I don't want people to like try to mimic anything. Mm -hmm. So I think like the reason YouTube is the hardest thing to grow on, on social media. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you're half naked, beautiful girl, mm -hmm. nobody's going to care. Like, right. you, I mean, you know what I mean? Like right, it's right, right. really, really, really hard. But to grow a real following. It's hard. It's right. one of the hard, yeah. they say it's the hardest place to grow authentic um, fans and, and, and a following. Yes. Right, yeah. you, it's so hard. They say, I think it's like 1% of people get past like a thousand subscribers or something right. like that. Okay. It's very hard. So, but so because the, the audience knows because they're cycling through content all day, they know right. if you're not authentic. Right. And mm -hmm. so for me, you know, I, there, there's some channels out there, not in, not just in dog training that just said, I want to, I want to get successful on YouTube. And you can tell right they, mm -hmm. from the get go, everything that, that nothing was built up off of, off of experience. They've just, right. when we started, this is everything, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can just, it's like, I think for me, um, it's, it's, I think a lot of the people who had been following me are continuing to watch the growth right. of, mm -hmm. of what I, what I, what I'm doing. And I think that that resonates with so many people that I'm just, I'm just, just like you guys, I'm just like you, I'm no better than anybody out there listening to this. I may have more experience than some people, or I have, I have, you know, different whatever, but like, I, I, I'm obsessed. Like I, it's, it's, I'm, I don't stop. Like I do not stop. It's, it's ruined many relationships. I've lost all of my friends that were my family. Mm -hmm. You have to sacrifice everything, everything to get what you want. For me, um, my advice is to people is to do your, do you right. don't mm -hmm. try to say, well, I want it to look like this. It's fine to be inspired. No, right. no idea is a new idea. Anything that I've done has been like, I want this type of look or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've spent a lot of time honing that in by myself. I've hired, I've spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on people filming for me, mm -hmm. editing for me. And I just, it's not exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. So I do everything in house now by myself. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about <clears throat> be authentic. Don't, and, and, and also be, be real. There's not a lot of, and this is my opinion, of course, I've not met a lot of people who are willing to sacrifice almost everything to make it work. Right. Right. You know, they want a cheap way. Mm -hmm. They want to, they want a, they want a yeah. quick way. 
It's not cheap and it's not quick. You're going to have to cry. You're going to have to live off nothing. You're going to get made fun of. Exposing yourself on the internet is one of the hardest things to do for anybody on the planet because mm -hmm. there's going to be people that are going to come out of the woodwork that are going to make fun of every single thing about you. It doesn't matter if you come out with a video curing cancer, right. you're going to yep. get 171 yep. dislikes and you're going to get people... <laughs> that are, are bashing the way that your hat is sitting, the shirt that you're wearing, and mm -hmm. because you're talking too fast. Right, right, and right. And so yep. I, think, I think that there's, there's so many different layers of success of being a content creator as a YouTuber. First of all, you have to be consistent. Second of all, it has to be good content. Third of all, it has to be quality content. And fourth of all, you have to have tough skin because everything yep. that you do and everything yep. that you're trying to be, I, I, everything that I do, as you guys may or may not be able to tell, is from my heart. Everything that I spill out of me is is just it's everything that I have. I don't I, I'm authentic. I'm not different off camera than I am on camera. I am I'm authentic and 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 so you just have to realize that like when you put something out that means the world to you and you're like, this is the best thing I've ever put out, there's gonna be probably two thousand people that are gonna rip you apart. They're gonna rip your girlfriend apart, they're gonna rip your brother apart, your sister, your family. Right. everything they're going to rip you down and a lot of people can't handle that right 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 i've had right. you know and i've i've i like i said you know in the beginnings i keep my circle i've been burned in the dog training industry too many times i'm so and, and i and I'm, I'm protected i have people in my life that protect me from certain emails mm -hmm. from certain phone calls from certain hey i hey i have an idea um, and, and I, I've done that to myself because I owe it to myself to not be burned because I care so much. Right, if somebody right, right, reaches right. out to me for help, I want to, I want to work with on this project and I want to come in I want to fly in mm -hmm, and see you mm -hmm, and all this mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. And I used to just be a yes, 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 yes. I'd love mm -hmm. to help you. I'd love to help mm -hmm. you. I'd love to help mm -hmm. you. I'm a yes man. But now I've put into place in my own business and my own life to protect me from that because I'm vulnerable right. sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's, so anyway, so that's, that's. I'm so sorry. That's self-awareness though. If you know that you have an issue, you put someone else in place that deals with that issue. I can appreciate that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And I thought that was weakness. No. For, yeah, the, no, for the longest time, I was like, dude, I'm no, I'm a businessman. I work hard. I'm here. I'm doing my thing. And I realized that I've also like my mental health is important. Of course. If if mm -hmm. if I, you know, don't get enough sleep or if I don't eat properly, like I have, you know, I ha I have all of that in place to make sure that my system and my machine is running as smoothly as it possibly mm -hmm. can. And you know what? The only reason why I've invested money into like somebody delivering me meals so I can eat properly. Cause I usually eat like this, right? you know, like right. I'm talking or, or whatever, like I'm always on the go. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, the only reason why I'm doing all this is to help dogs. Cause mm -hmm. I know if I'm, if I'm on my game, I'm going to help a dog out there. Right. One, two, and so for me, like, I think to answer, go back to the, the original question of like how to start, you have to be, you have to be real. Mm -hmm. No, people are going to read right through you at some point. There's people mm -hmm. who get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 subscribers, and they stay there for about four years right? Mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, and, and I don't really know the answer to that question of why they stay there, but I think you have to, ha you have to, it has to come from here. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that we can kind of like assume that it has a lot to do because you know i'm not a huge youtube channel so i guess maybe i can't speak but i'm a big youtube watcher so maybe i can you know and i think it's it, it i tell people this all the time i was literally just talking about this last night you can't bullshit people because they're smart and i think that the that the problem today everybody knows when they're being bullshitted and yet everybody thinks they can bullshit someone else 
It's yeah. like, no, just the way that you know, they know too, you know? And, yeah. and when the reason why the followings I think are smaller is because some people are all right with it. I mean, if the content's still there, I guess it's still valuable information, but most people aren't. And they're like, you know, the, the good thing about YouTube is the competition of it all of like, well, there's a dog trainer who can probably yeah. tell me the same thing, but Tommy Davis is more real. Let's just watch him. It's better. You know? So I think that that's a big one. I, I wanted to bring up really quick. You seem like the kind of person like me that would, that would appreciate, um, you ever heard of Andy Frisella? Yes. The yeah. motivational. Speaker? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I like, yes. I like him a lot. So, you know, anybody listening, if you know, if you're a no bullshit kind of person, I think you might like the MF CEO podcast. Uh, Andy Frisella is a cool guy. And then there's CT Fletcher, the, the workout guy, you know, the older guy. Yeah. And he, I, I yeah, you, he did. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> and, and I, he did a thing on Netflix or, or no, or it was on YouTube. It was somewhere, but it's called, it's called like something to do with obsession. And he was talking about the word obsessed. And he was like, what does it mean to be obsessed? And people give the word obsessed such a, such a negative taste, such a negative vibe. Mm -hmm. But honestly, mm -hmm. I'm, and this is him talking. He's like, I'm only where I am today because I was obsessed with success. Yeah. And I would take nothing less than that. And all the family, all the relationships, all the shit that didn't work out were trying to draw me from my obsession. Mm -hmm. And as much as I didn't want to lose that girlfriend, didn't want to break that bond, didn't want to, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, I couldn't help it because I'm obsessed. And the cool thing about it is for all the people that may fall off, you find those that don't after, you know, you'll find the person that's okay with it. You know, like my girlfriend yeah. is great, man. She goes to school and everything. And I'll be yeah. honest with you. Like, you know, we moved here a year or so ago. I'm very confident in myself these days as a trainer and my knowledge and everything else, but it's a new city, man. I'm not exactly like super balling right now. I'm still kind of building my client base and everything. And, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of my confidence and my calmness and everything, because I've been in this position before, Yeah. but my girlfriend, all, you know, my hat's off to her because she's, she's like, she trusts me, you know, I'm like, listen, one day this shit is going to be super huge and it's going to be totally worth it. And I'm going to be able to take you on each and every one of those vacations that we can't yeah. do because as a dog trainer, it's like, you never have time off dogs are at your house, you know? So, yep. you know, so she's like, man, I want to go camping. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to do what she wants to do, but I'm obsessed. Yeah. And one day we will get there, but, but that keeping that clarity of mind and keeping that confidence in yourself, like we've talked about before, but just people who like that kind of thing, CT Fletcher, Andy Priscilla, check it out. Yeah. And always remember you cannot bullshit people. Just be real. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and one thing I've, I've learned is to talk about what you know, you got to yeah. talk about what you know, right? You, know, you see so many people on the internet trying to be experts in everything. And it's like, come on, dude, come on. You can't be experts in everything. You've been doing this for two years or you've been doing it for three years, right. you know? So it's really important. I mean, if we want to add value, like, like, like I know you, I mean, you probably don't give business advice, Tommy, but you have a lot of business experience that yeah. if you wanted to, you could have a whole yeah, it would be section right. of like a kid yeah. in their twenties building a business. Well, this is how you Telling do it. You. This is what you don't do. You got what I'm saying? Telling because you, you could yeah. speak from your experience and what you know to be the truth. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, my, my biggest passion in the dog training game is, is how do we make it digestible? How do we, how do we uncomplicate this thing that can feel so complicated um, so that uh, dog training can be more accessible and, and, and doable for the average dog owner. Right. And I think when you have people who specialize in their lanes or whatever it is that really just scratches their own itch, right? Like, like sometimes we might, you might have a person who's obsessed with the obedience, the tricks. You yeah. might have someone who's obsessed in the behavior mod. You might have someone who's just obsessed in body language as a language, right? And if that, if those people who have these passions obsess over it, master it, have this expertise, 
um, you know, then you put content out. Oh my gosh, the library of content that would be quality content is amazing. And it's funny because that's kind of what Tyler's doing with uh, Consider the Dog. With, uh, Consider the Dog, yeah. right? Um, that's what Learberg was doing for the sports dogs, right? And it's, it's, it's talk about what you know so that way you can add your bit of legacy to this dog training game. And help mm-hmm. as many people as you can. Hey, can I mm-hmm. ask you, do you know Sean O'Shea? Me? You're asking me? Yeah. No, I do not. Okay. Do you know of Sean O'Shea? The good dog kennel? That, I do. That I ask because you guys had like the very similar story. I know I know it's kind of natural, like dog walker become dog trainer type thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'd be a good contact to, you know, we're, we're kind tried. of- Oh, really? Yeah. They're busy, man. I, I've, yeah. I've talked to them a couple of times. Like they're, they're super busy. Um. Um, Jeff Gelman yeah, is another tried, one. I've tried to, I've tried to, I tried to reach out to Jeff and Sean like two years ago and mm. you know, they just, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, like I, I, uh, I don't think, it, I don't think they even, you know, saw my message, so it's okay. But you know, I, I don't, you know, well, well, yeah. let, let me tell you this. Cause I just reached out to Jeff, um, maybe a week or so ago and, and I touched base with him again yesterday and, and originally it was more than a week ago. It was right around the time actually that we all had our initial talk. So it was our first time talking to you. Yeah. And one thing that you said to me that day really resonated because Jeff Gilman had just told me the exact same thing on, on Instagram. And it was, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try so hard. I really care to help as many dogs as I can. I believe it with you, with Jeff, with a lot of these guys, you know, um, but you get so much flack that I keep my circle tight. He said the exact same thing, like almost verbatim, you know? And I was like, man, there's gotta be something to this, you know? And I remember when we talked, I was like, bro, keep in mind, like, we're so happy that you're on and everything. And, and like, but, but we want you to know, you know, we want to add value to you back. And I, I think that, that the way that we can do that and the way that all trainers can do that is just, is just all that flack that you get for, for the different methodologies and whatever, like, let us share some of that load, man. Like I, I haven't seen anything that you've done yet that I, I disagree with in any way. So it's like, Hey man, look, if you have a problem with him, I guess, I guess you have one with me too. And I don't have time to like, I'm not suggesting people argue with randos online, but I'm just making the point yeah. that nobody says you have to eat that by yourself. You know, you're not yeah. alone. It's easy for people to feel alone. And you're Tommy Super. Davis, you're in a great position. So is Jeff. So is everybody else. But like, Again, for the for the maybe the lesser known dog trainer, even even real big guys, man, they they deal with the same thing. Yeah, yep. definitely. And I think that's one thing I would like go back to about uh, about um, what you what you said about advice for future dog trainers is you know shout out to my girlfriend Taylor too, which almost everybody that usually gets to me goes through her first. She's my filter. Mm, mm, um, mm. and you know, she knew from day one, this is, this is how this is going to go. Um, you're going to be in the back seat for a long time. Mm. Now she's, now she's definitely not. Um, mm. you know, and she, every day, you know, she has to put up with my obsessive, um, mm. hustle, hustle, hustle. So it's here, here's, here's dinner at eight 30 at night. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you Thanks, know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, and it's just like, it's not disrespectful. It's just like, she knows what she signed up for. Yeah. So that's the other thing I would say is just pick the same thing with my staff. My staff, is, my staff is in, in extraordinarily supportive of what I do. You know, the team around me that I've put together and pieced together is, is what makes everything work. Right. Right. Um, you know, they're the yin to my yang. I, I, I say, I don't know how to do any, you guys do everything else I can't do. Right. 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 And let, and you know, well, that's delegation, that's man. That's, that's what leaders do, you know, Hard. And, and, you know, I, I felt, I felt really 
insecure about doing all those things because I felt like I had to take on everything myself. Yep. To, yep. That's part yep. of it. You know, I, I grew out of that a, a couple of years ago, but right. it was tough to let go of some yep. of that control of your baby, your business. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yep. And there's also an intellectual part. Like there's a part that you're like, I like kind of learning about that and I like learning about this. And so it's kind of it's a hard thing to get rid of, you know, that 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 interest and also control. So yeah. I totally get that. Yep. Um that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Thank you guys for listening to part one of our two-parter with Tommy Davis. We want to encourage you to stick around for part two. We also want to thank Tommy for taking the time to hang with us here at the Dog Trainers Podcast, a podcast created by dog trainers, for dog trainers, and anyone who's ever fallen in love with man's best friend. We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we hope to see you back for the next one. But in the meantime, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dog Trainers Podcast. Go ahead and leave a comment. Ask us any questions that you want. We would love to connect with our dog trainer communities all around the world. Take care, guys. We'll see you next time.